0: So I saw this guy across the room while talking with my handsome hot hubby. So don't get any thoughts in your mind. And I saw his presence. I saw his aura, but I also saw his brand and it was plastered all over his shirt. And I just had to have a conversation. So in the middle of PodFest, where we were both speaking, we had an opportunity to deeply connect. And I couldn't wait to have him on the show so you could learn his story, so you could hear his fire, and that you too could be impacted by what his mission is in the marketplace. Yeah, I know. There's lots of us out there. And the more I open my eyes, the more God reveals. And so I hope that that encourages you, for you to know that you're not alone on your mission. And even though you're uniquely showing up in the world to do it, you are on purpose, no doubt about it. There are specific people that God's going to put in your path for you to amplify one another, to sharpen one another, to be those iron swords. Iron sharpens iron, right? So I'm so pumped to introduce to you my brother, True. Yeah, True. That's his name. You'll hear more about it on the show. But Trevon's incredible, and we are so honored to have him on the show. Please share, tag, and be sure to drop a review. If you haven't done that yet for the Fit and Faith podcast, we're four years running, y'all. This is such a passion of mine. It's such a quality time investment of mine, but it's also massive value for free all the time for you to get inside the heads and the hearts of other entrepreneurs, founders, innovators, and trailblazers. And if you would just take that extra 30 seconds for every hour episode that I've done, we're almost reaching 300. That's 300 hours, not to mention all of the back work that my team does on a consistent basis, which I could not do without them. Please drop them some love, too. I don't know where, wherever, whatever you want to say. In the review section, stars matter. All right. I love you. Thank you. Welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast. FIT is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly FIT. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie-cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Hey, 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 we are in the house and I am so excited to be here. I can't even use the name that's on display. So if you're looking at it, you're going to get to know him by my name, True7, which is the name that truly connected us out the gate. Seven, that's it. That's that completion right there, brother. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having me. You know, we had a great divine meeting in Orlando and uh, I knew big things were going to come and listen, these are only the green shoots from, for, you know, from what's to come. So thanks for having me here. I'm honored.
0: I love that so much. Let me give you guys some context. So we were at Podfest in Orlando, both obviously having a podcasting background and just growing that community and networking. And I was at dinner with my handsome hot hubby. Y'all know as Gary hot hubby. And, uh, I, I could see out of the corner of my eye this this studly man walk into the room and yes, I'm married happily. Thank you. But he's got this presence about him. And I keep looking at him at the corner of his, my eye because he's standing by himself. And I'm like, babe, I am so sorry. I'm going inter- to interrupt you. But I have to find out what this guy's shirt is because it's talking. It's like true seven. I'm like, he's got to know Jesus. It's got to be about God. And if it's not, I got to tell him about God. I got to tell him about Jesus. So either way, it was about to be a divine uh, experience. And he came over and we ended up talking for hours I think we all ended up realizing like, what is happening? We need to go do what we're doing. Um, but true, you, you have such an aura about you. I was even praying into it before we went live. And I know it's because of how God and who God is to you. And I want to hear about that backstory.
1: Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, I, I say, I don't have the conventional story, but I don't think anybody does. There is no cookie cutter method and. That's the, the beautiful thing about Jesus. Like he has his own unique way of touching every individual and your experience is your experience. No one else can really tell you how to do this thing. You have to have your own individual relationship. And I just praise God that he chose me to have that relationship with. I grew up going to church. You know, fortunately, you know, my parents saw the importance of that, the importance of that, you know, raise up a child. I was that child that was raised up. But even those years of consistently going to church and being in the church and just sitting there being present, I never had a relationship. I never even knew you could have a relationship. I thought anything that I needed, I had to go to a man of God. I had to go to a bishop, a preacher, a priest. I had to have someone else pray for me. And this is years of being sent to church, years of going to church on my own, years of of prayer, counsel, all of that, yet and still never having a relationship, having given my life to Christ, yet and still never been told the importance of having a relationship with God. Fast forward 2011, I was living in Tampa and just corporately, everything wasn't there that I needed it. And, And I was just just disappointed with some things that were going on in the world and in my life and everything. And I was getting ready to leave the country altogether. Uh, A job opportunity presented itself and it moved me to Jacksonville. And there was even lessons with that. But when I got to Jacksonville, I was able to get planted at a church and the Bishop there, Bishop Vaughn McLaughlin. um, All he talked about was having a relationship with God. Like I can't get you there. Grandmama can't get you there. Mama can't get you there. You have to have a relationship with God if you really want to enjoy these things that everybody talks about. And just through being there and being pressed and being moved and being uncomfortable and, and all of that, I knew that in order to, to achieve this greatness and, and happiness and joy that life has and the abundance that people talk about, I knew I had to have a relationship with it. And 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 I can't even really tell you how it happened, but it just happened. I stopped relying on man. Actually, I'll, I'll give you a great story, and, and, and we'll transition. So my wife and I, we were living together. Uh, everybody has their opinion on that, but I don't. We were living together. we weren't married. Uh, and had it not been for that experience, we wouldn't be married. But being a male, alpha-male, somewhat old school, I felt like the responsibility and the responsibility of the relationship still you know starts and ends with me next to God but I was doing everything I could to make the relationship work. She was doing everything she could to make the relationship work. And it just wasn't working. And there was a point in our life where our relationship was so bad. We were living together, but we were literally waking up on Sunday mornings and going to church separately. And not that that's a bad thing, but our custom was to to wake up, go to church together, drive together right. we, to, to, to go separately was unheard of. Right. Now, I'm a youth minister when I have those duties and and I go earlier. That's one thing. Sure. But we would wake up, not speak to each other, be in the same bed, not speak to each other, be roommates, so to speak. She would go sit next to each other and and not even necessarily play the game because we weren't trying to put on for anybody. It's just where we were. Yeah. But what both of us realized through that experience is she couldn't make it work. I couldn't make it work. When we stop trying to make it work and we put God first, that's when everything blossoms.
0: Well, and there's I mean, there's so many things to unpack there, right? All the way from the the genesis of it was to train them up in the way they should go and they will not
1: depart from it.
0: So kudos to mama and grandmama and all those mamas out there doing that hard work. Uh, and, and speaking
1: is- about speaking about mamas, I I hate yeah. to interject, but I have to say this. Yeah, let's go. So we talk about entrepreneurial lifestyle and all that. Mamas are the ultimate entrepreneurs, yes, hands down.
0: Yes, they are. <laughs> Literally, lives wouldn't happen even around a kid, right? Who, who's going to school and doing all the things. Like, we are so multifaceted. Um, and also at the same time, knowing that we're surrendered. And when there's not the surrendered in that experience, we become super overwhelmed. I've been a stay at home mom in the midst of my transition in relationship with the Lord. And he had me in that place with such intention to realize the the work that so many other women are doing on a consistent basis that I had ran from. I just said, "I'm a, I'm a really good mom, but I could never be that kind of mom, right?" And so that that is the same thing when it comes to being a spouse. And you you're like in this relationship even prior to marriage, right? At this point, were you married at this point or not yet? We were not. Right. So it's like thinking through like, what is this going to look like in the transformation zone of getting married? Because that's the next step. Is that the next check marks? And we're not even happy or content. We can't even have a conversation and we're laying in the same bed. And I am sure there are people listening who experience that right now today in their marriage. And I have such a heart for people to understand how fruitful their relationship can be based on the intimacy of knowing God first and putting him in that space like you all did so humbly because that's what you have to do. You have to humble yourself in order to do that. Um, we can't figure it out on our own. And every time that I've ever tried, especially in my marriage, I've gotten it wrong.
1: Absolutely, and and yeah, our marriage is indebted to that. And I don't even want to give myself the credit to say I humbly did it. Like we (laughs) we were forced, and had we not surrendered to your point, we we wouldn't be here. And that's beautiful for me because you know, as an entrepreneur and a leader and all of that, I get in my way quite often and realize: listen, it doesn't matter how hard I work if it's not part of His will, it's not going to happen. So that allows me to you know, relieve some of that stress and strain of trying to do it myself and just continue to put it in his hands.
0: Well, and I think that there's that element, especially as you were talking about that alpha male uh, role or that provider role that we even as women are, I wouldn't say guilty, but indoctrinated into the belief system that that has to be the case. And then you have this ulterior perspective of the femininity or the feminist movement of girl power and you are strong and you can have anything that the man can have. And honestly, both are in conflict with where God wants us to be in connection as equal partners and helpmates to one another and him being at that top role of provider because He's your provider. And then you, by conduit of loving him and you leaning into the purpose and power that has been gifted to you, get to take care of, yes, but she also gets to nurture you. And that's where that symmetry comes into play. So you don't know this, but Gary and I just a couple of weeks ago renewed our vows at 10 years. Congratulations. And it was so it was so incredible. I highly, highly recommend anybody who's had... Um, Honestly, it doesn't even matter if you've had like the depths and sorrows that Gary and I have had in our first decade or not. I can't tell you um, that I even knew what love was when I first got married. I had yet to have a relationship with the Lord at that point, so I didn't know even the full love of the Father. I knew that there was a heavenly God and that He loved me, but I didn't have that relationship like you're talking about. So to exchange vows and to have them so premised on who God has created us to be together um, and the the separateness that we bring to the wholeness of our marriage is just unbelievable. And it all goes back to what you're speaking to that I want to get into next is our roles in society, in the marketplace as ministers. And that's really who we believe in what we're called to is being ministers in the marketplace through entrepreneurship talk to us through about like the endeavor that you have been on in multiple different facets. Cause I know there's more than just one and how those were kind of revealed to you after you were revealed for God being that like main provider.
1: Yeah. So it's interesting. The, the ministry that I was a part of, I remember as clear as day. And I love the fact that when you join the church, there's not a formal process of the Bishop getting up every Sunday and saying, Hey, if you want to join the church, it's kind of one of those things. If, if you're there, some of the elders, they pick you out. And, and, and not that it's a system of that. We just don't have that practice of pushing people. Wow. Now, every once, wow. a, every once in a while, he will give an invitation. He's gotten better about it because he understands that sometimes some people need that. They need to be asked. Uh, but for me, there were a couple of years and I've just always been drawn to youth. There were a couple of years where. Well, when I first joined the church and I went through the, uh, the intake process, if you will, you sign up for a ministry and just because you sign up for a ministry doesn't mean you're going to be a part of it, but I like the fact that they have that option. So there was one, uh, it had to be in the spring. It was a graduation ceremony and about 18 kids gave their life on that day, 18 graduating high school, uh, seniors and it just touched my heart and I was like you know what this is the point that is most crucial I can't sit by here and see this type of response and not do everything I can to help these people stay on that track so the the youth minister at the time he knew I had signed up for the ministry but again he wasn't going to push me until I was ready and whenever after those 18 kids walked up I walked up behind them and then whenever they went to the back to talk to him, I told the youth leader, I was like, listen, whatever y'all need me to do, however you need me to do it, I travel a lot. I'm not in town, in town that often, but if I have 30 minutes, you've got 30 minutes. If I have two days, you've got two days, whatever kind of time I have, I'm going to give it to you because the, the, the game that the enemy was playing with me, he was telling me I didn't have enough time. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, when I made myself available more time became available.
0: So, so good.
1: So that's what it so was So good, me.
0: And he works in that way. And I think people have a hard time if they don't have that relationship with the Lord to understand how uh, present he is in maneuvering our lives in every minute. And like, it's been orchestrated, it's been written, but a lot of times it will take our effort. It'll take that leap of faith. No different than every miracle that's ever been made biblically that you can read. He asked for faith in action instead of just asking for faith. Uh, and th- there's two things that go hand in hand. And so for you to ha- like ask for more time or to say, here, I'm going to put at your feet the offering of this little time. And then he multiplies it because you already sacrificed saying, the little time that I have, here it is, it's all yours. And he's like, oh, but I do, son, I do want you to have that time for yourself. I do want you to have that time for your family. I do want you to have that time for rest and to do the things that I've called you to, as well as what you've just now stepped foot into. And so it's it's honorable. Again, you're fine. i going to take these words on yourself. Of humble and honorable, but they're, they are of that descent. And that's where integrity stems from is when you are close to God, the things that you want are in symmetry to the things that he wants. And we get to stand in a more noble space, not because of us, be, because of him.
1: Absolutely, I take the Bible, and I know there's metaphors, there's similes, there's all kinds of things, and and there there's literal uh, terminology in the Bible also. I try to bring it down to its simplest forms, yeah. and everything is literal for me before we have to dig into it and and, and get intervention and, and all of that, yeah, have it illuminated. Yeah. <laughs> but but when he says, "Well done, you've been faithful over a little." I take that literally. So anytime I have something small, I try to be faithful of it because I've seen it multiply again and again and again. So I knew if I only had five minutes to spend with these kids and I was faithful over that, those five minutes, he would give me many more. So I literally take that scripture and try to put it into play.
0: It's so good. And, and I can definitely attest to the fact that I had gone through at that time, I do believe is so pivotal. Um, I had gone through church hurt with a, a youth organization and I was basically ostracized because I was being promiscuous in high school and they found out it was revealed like this secret element of myself was revealed after being a leader in that space. And instead of taking me in and, and critiquing in a, in a healthy way, that constructive development, it was a push out. And I'm sure if I had gone back even now and to speak to those leaders, they might have looked at it, or perceived it a totally different way. But that's how I felt. I felt completely abandoned and rejected. And so, even though I had been established in the church, I now am at this pivotal point where I'm about to step out of my parents' home and go to college, where the choices are all so. What I think the choices are all mine, and I'm making my path, and I'm doing what you know I want to do that seed, that good seed was planted within me. And so um, I really believe that had I had someone who was willing to you know, play that role, even if it was just every time I came home, that you were in that church, right? That if somebody was there just like pouring into me in that regard, I know there were people praying for me, but I I definitely went wayward in that season because I didn't have a mentor.
1: Yeah, and, and, and that's the importance of it. And the thing is like, <laughs> it's it's not a competition by any means, but I have my fair share of waywardness. Yeah, sure. <laughs> the 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 reason I go so hard is because people feel like they have to clean themselves up to present themselves, mm-hmm. and you're never going to clean yourself up. There's always going to be something there. There's always going to be some dirt, and I just try to be the purest person that I can be because I know God wants. A 100% of me, however I am. It doesn't matter if I'm happy, sad, whatever. It doesn't matter if I have the best clothes on. It doesn't doesn't matter if I have, have had the greatest day. My upbringing doesn't matter. Nothing matters. All he wants is me. And so I try to be as authentic as I can. I try not to buy into the bureaucracy and the look and how it should sound and all of that. And I just try to help people be themselves because that's what God wants. Like he wants you. He doesn't want all the pomp and circumstance. All he wants is you wherever you are.
0: Yeah. And honestly, the days that I am in that state of it feels like the mess. Like he's actually so much more present and prevalent in those spaces where I'm not enough. And I think that that's that knowing of like my worthiness is not contingent on an accolade, a title, a place or any position. It's literally just in that state of surrender. And as I remain surrendered, I always say that I even come to these shows um, with a, a desired state of conviction, just like, God, just meet me where I need to be to, to be more like you. And luckily, I have amazing people like you on the show who I get to learn from. Um, but I want i want people to hear some tangibility of even, even what I was first attracted to is this idea of true seven and how it has become a part of who you are, even to the point of your name and your logos and your brands. And it's it's that that marker that you want people to remember you by, even above the name that your mama gave you.
1: Yeah. And so that's a question that I've been thinking about lately. I don't even know what the marker is that I want people to remember me by because I even get I get caught up on little things sometime. I I, I say I care about people. They're, they're the most important thing. But I don't care about people. And that's not the ones we're talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm not so concerned with with the memory and all of that. But but people that I impact, it's at the end of the day, at the end of the day, God wants us all. So at some point, if I can expose them to that truth and bring them closer to that, that's all I desire to do. Now listen, there are a bunch of different ways that I can do it from leadership talks, from consulting people, from podcasts and all of that. Those are those awards and accolades and things that God gives us in order to help pull those sheep.
0: Yeah, sure. So good.
1: So a a little bit about the brand and the transitioning and all of that. I, I went through what I went through in the corporate space in 2011. Um, joined a new company and things were great. Like things were amazing. Things were I was I was supporting sales for two countries traveling all over the U.S. and Canada. I was probably one of the I was certainly one of the most high profile faces in the company. Everybody knew me. I I had come out of sales. I was onboarding all the new uh, all the new hires and all of that. And one night I was working. I got done working. I went upstairs and God was like, as clear as day by this time next year, I need you to leave this job. And if I was OK with it because I wanted to be an entrepreneur, I wanted to do all of that. So I started putting plans in place to uh, figure out what this next thing was. The job wasn't going so great. I wasn't reporting to the best person. So I was like, listen, I'm ready to do it. Um, about a month before that time, I met with the GM to kind of tell him you know, where my head was and all of that. And he was like, listen, there are about to be some changes. I need you to trust me. I just need you to stay. And so for me, that right there was my Abraham and Isaac, which is my favorite story mm. in the Bible. Okay. But I had a mentor that told me, it's great that you heard what God said, but it's more important for you to hear what God is saying. Because I heard what God said and I was ready to go. Like he could have told me anything from then on out. I wouldn't have heard him. Because right. I heard what I needed to hear. Right. And, and if Abraham wouldn't have continued to listen, he would have slayed Isaac. So mm. that's one of the reasons I love that story. But there's so That's many,
0: so good. I we mean, can I'm talk like, about, wow, that's really good.
1: We could talk about 12 different podcasts yes. about, I think, those 22 scriptures.
0: <laughs> so true.
1: But at any rate, I stayed on, started reporting to somebody else. That's when I got all of my podcast experience which has been instrumental in this transition. And part of the reason I podcast is just to be a conduit for other people's voices, to amplify people's voices and let their voice be heard, send other people's voices to the nations. So left that job because I just couldn't deal with the corporate bureaucracy. I felt like there was a lot of racism going on, There was nobody that looked like me above a management position. I had been there nine years. I felt like I was getting overlooked and all of that. And I just, I I wasn't going to do it anymore. The guy that I was reporting to, he was silencing me. And that's when I started growing my hair out because I didn't have a voice. So I started expressing myself.
0: (laughs) I love that. My
1: hair. Like if if we, if, if I've got to send you uh, one of my wedding pictures, I was clean cut. I was a corporate guy. I can't
0: imagine that.
1: (laughs) Listen. Told the company line all of that, but I was like, you know what? They don't appreciate that. I was I I was wearing I was wearing a mask. Unfortunately,
0: yep. And
1: and and ten years later, I mean, ten years prior. I, I'm jumping around, but but be patient with me. Ten years prior, I was 25 years old, um, and I've heard I've got this brain doctor that I do some stuff with. He said the male brain, or actually the human brain, isn't fully developed. Until around twenty-five to twenty-eight years old. So when you talk about the, the promiscuity or our behaviors when we're 18, 19, 21, we're not even operating with a full deck.
0: Oh, right. You're so true.
1: But 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 we're being judged. And and just to add something about judgment, we're judging something that's not even a complete project. Like let me let me get to the end and, and, and then judge me if you want to judge.
0: So good. And it's so interesting many times on this show as I hear people sharing about their stories and unpacking the timeline, Uh, I have even personally called my like 29 to 33, which is the Jesus years, right? Those years being instrumental and foundational to not only my faith, but really getting my life in the rhythm that I really believe God wanted me to go. And it was like that launch pad for where I am now but it took effort. It wasn't something that happened overnight. It wasn't a a, a click of a button like so many people want, just like his ministry wasn't. And there was a lot of hardship in the midst of that. And that training ground was really the premise for all of those disciples to then be able to go out and tell nations. But until those disciples went through that experience as learners of the Lord, as learners and recipients of that um, that work that he did when he was here, it wasn't until the very end of the days that they even understood the miracles that were being like taking place and the power that was being gifted to them. And so I think that there's just, it's so interesting and knowing that the prefrontal cortex doesn't close till you're 25, that's essentially the soft spot that everybody talks about when you're a baby. And that's, it's fundamental to the knowledge that we have so much more work to do with our children between those ages of 18 and 25, they are not ready to just go out of the nest yet. And so I love that that's been laid on your heart. It's something that I'm really passionate about too. So here you are, you're in this space, you're growing your hair out, you're getting a little a little shaggy on us. And what are they saying?
1: So it's interesting. Again, I'm one of the most recognizable individuals at the company. The first time I started growing out and, and, and it, an additional reason I started growing out, there was this phase that some of our youth were were going through where they started coloring their hair and different things like that, and I wanted them to see a picture of success that looks similar to them. Ooh, you know, we paint this picture of success with with nice hair and a suit and tie and all of that and it's it's a lie it's it's not the truth. we're doing it for other people, so I just wanted them to see a a different model of success so i'm I'm doing all of this. We go to a national sales meeting. Mind you, at these national sales meetings, listen, by the grace of, of God, I'm never alone. Like I, I I always have people that I have to engage with, catch up with the whole nine. I just I give out tons and tons of love. So I get it back in spades. We go to this national sales meeting. I'm literally sitting on a row by myself. Nobody sits by me, which is unheard of. Oh, my gosh. Mind you, I'm, I'm, I'm supporting sales for the U.S. and Canada. I've probably onboarded 200 plus people, but they're like, I don't know what's going on with him. Who, who is he? What, 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 back, what is he going in, through?
0: In the back row.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I was like in the middle of the row. I wasn't even in the back row. Like I, I was in the <laughs> middle, which made it even crazier. Because this whole road was, was was empty. And so there's this thing called a lock journey. When you grow in locks, there's the journey that you have to grow through. And like a lot of that happens, like people don't see it, but you recognize how people treat you different, how they look at you different, mm. all of that. Now, eventually they came around once they realized, you know, I, I was who I was. But I will say this, the CEO of the company at that time we were in New York and I was at one of these trainings. He came by and listen, my hair was in bad shape. If, if you know the process of going. <laughs> yeah, from yeah. And uh, so it, it was the top was blonde. The roots were black. It, they hadn't <laughs> quite locked. Uh, and he was like cool hair. And I think that gave everybody else permission to to be cool with me. But it's just it's it's so ridiculous how people would treat you really based on is. you know aesthetics, aesthetics, and all of yep. that. Yeah,
0: yeah, and, and it also too from interior, like even from sin, right? Like they compare sin so much about like oh that's your vice, oh that's what your trauma was, oh that's what, and like they put people on this hierarchical scale, and it always just brings me back to that moment when Jesus just drew the line in the sand and he said anybody who can cast the first stone. Right. And so it's the same thing. And it might seem silly to connect outward appearance to sin, but it's very similar in the way that it's treated. I mean, my son, who's nine, has really long hair. And it was a, such a journey for him in that phase. And he got called a girl all the time. And he would, run off the playground over to me when he was smaller and they're calling me a girl. I told him I'm a boy five times. And I'm like, you want mama to get involved? And I'm like, just tell him you have a penis. It'll be fine. (laughs) Like it's the only thing. And so meanwhile, he's like, I don't understand why people are so mean. And I'm like, it's just, there's preconceived and, and conceptions of what's right and what's wrong and what's healthy and what's not and what's successful and what's not. And I... Stopped wearing what everyone expected me to wear um, in business settings and anything because I'm like, I, I don't need to wear, nobody's dictating my wardrobe. And so I don't need to wear a suit when I go to this business formal meeting with these people. I don't care if I'm the only female in the room and I choose not to wear that. Like I want to show up in me. So I'm in my sparkles and my glitz and my glam and it's fun. And I think it's so critical for people to realize like that whole sim- like simple concept, don't judge a book by its cover. It's the same thing when it comes to sin connected to anything about our identity.
1: Oh, that's really good. <laughs> and and so the journey which is crazy it was as much for me as it was for anybody else like i, I don't yeah i don't i don't want to act like i'm so noble that i was just doing this for for everybody unbeknownst to me i needed to do it to take my confidence to another level because i do give off a certain aura and all of that but what i give off internally hasn't always measured up to it that's good but there 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 were times where had I not grown my hair out and stood in and took those bullets and all of that, there are some doors that I wouldn't confidently walk through now just being my true self. And and now I'm just 100 percent authentic. I'm 100 percent me. And take take me or leave me like I know who my father is. So I'm not concerned.
0: Yeah, it's so good. And as you were <laughs> you mentioned, like not being alone ever by yourself. And then you had that moment of solace. When I first met you, and I'm like, "Hey, let's chat." You're like, "Oh, heaven's sake! <laughs> I've been talking to people all day long." But it's such a gift to have that aura, to have that presence. It's literally why Jesus had to, like, literally flee and be in in complete wilderness mode for people not to bother him, so he could do his work um, internally and with the with the Lord. And so, I just think it's such a presence that you carry, and being connected to the brand True Seven. I mean. I've only seen you a handful of times, but every time, you're representative of the brand. Grow your business for God's sake. No, really, I mean it. Grow your business for God's sake. That's right. Business is ministry, and ministry is business. And it's time we take action in this belief and show up in our anointing with fresh fire. This is a Cultivation Conference. This is an activation conference. I want to see you reap the harvest, the promise that was predestined for you in your purpose and your calling. But you've got to go back to the root in order to do that. Come and let us water you so you can come fully alive and fully free every single day to make the impact you were born to make so others can also reap the legacy of your harvest forevermore. Let's do this. In Nashville, Tennessee, November 3rd through the 5th, you do not want to miss it. Get your tickets today at growforgod.com. That's right. And that's easy. growforgod.com. Can't wait to see you there. Hug your neck and grow together. And so I know that there's businesses behind this brand. I want you to be able to share that with the audience and um, wherever you feel led to help have us know. Uh, even some some information based on all the testimonial pieces, like is there business insight connected to that brand that we should know about?
1: Yeah. So the name came about when I was in college. I was a true freshman. I played when I was a true freshman. And there's this thing called a true freshman and a red shirt freshman. Again, I played when I was a true freshman and my number was seven. So I got the nickname true seven when I was in college and Probably about seven, eight years ago, I was like, you know what, I'm getting too old for that. I had friends that would still call me true, and I was like, nah, I'm I'm Tavares Hogan's, which is fine, but I'm I'm not true anymore. That was that was my my early twenties. Yeah. But when I wanted to start my company, I was looking for something corporate and something you know that you that that you can put on the Fortune 500 list and all of that and nothing was really resonating and, and true true seven was always in the back of my mind. And I said, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to go with it. And since I went with it, it's just, it just, it's felt real. It's felt authentic. It's, it's felt me like it's, it's who I am. And I know God gave me this name. I mean, and when I break it down, I I, I can break it down further, but I'm gonna give you the quick on it. I mean, as you know, for for me, true, it's something that is real. It's, it's not fake. It's real. It's true. It's authentic. And seven, you know, wholeness completion. So it's the truth. It's whole and it's complete. That's true. Seven.
0: It's so good. It's so funny. Even when I was getting prepped for the show and I saw your actual name, I was like, who is this? Oh, oh, wait, what? <laughs> That's not real. But then I even saw, I'm shocked that even your book your book has your name on it versus true. And so now I'm like, gosh, I don't know what to call him. I'm like, I, I think it's just true. That's what I'm going to have to say. And I'll be one of your new friends in this new era of life who calls you true rather than in your young twenties. And I think that this just there's power to that. Even like we could go way deep into the prophetic of what those people were calling, like whether it was coaches, whether it's teammates, right. They had no idea what they were speaking into your life in the completion. Right. Like it's so good.
1: Yeah. that, that That's amazing. I mean, say that. Jeez, <laughs> I, I never even thought about that.
0: Oh, wow. That's so good. I mean, that was the first thing I'm like, Whoa, were they, were you at a Christian school? They didn't even know.
1: So here's the crazy thing. To, to that point, I mean, and like words are so powerful, and people always say, "Oh, you're so positive, and all of that. Like, I'm positive because I get my win from God every morning, and and I, I get so much. I have to share it. I I just can't be in a negative space and all of that. And listen, I have my bad days for sure. Right. Yeah. Out of 365, I have less than five ba- bad days by the grace yeah. of God. Uh, and I try to be transparent when I do, but. If it's not bad, I'm not gonna say it's bad. I'm not I'm not gonna dim my light. Like I'm gonna try to give you everything that I have because I feel like if I share, if if your candle isn't lit and I've got my candle, I feel like when we put both of them together, that flame is gonna get bigger.
0: Oh, so, yeah. Do you not know in my bio that literally the first line says because somebody called it to me once I'm like, I'm taking that and running, it says Tamara Andress is a human sparkler.
1: Let's go. Because okay. <laughs> I'm ready. You be?
0: No, I'm ready. Right. I'm like, everyone needs light. And it's, it's one of those things that once you find it, like really find it, it's hard for the enemy to blow out. And simultaneous to that, while he might think it's easy, when I meet people like yourself and I, I meet that, those, that core group that can literally protect, right. They can protect from every angle And I know Jim Rohn says like you're the sum of the five people you surround yourself with. And I believe there's a lot of truth to that. But I definitely think that there are people in my life that might not know every single thing going on in my life. They, I might not ever see you or talk to you for another six months, but I know if I was to call you, you would protect someone or something that's trying to to burn that light out because we know that there is a force. Against us, just as much as God is here for us and fighting with us, and his angel army is always stronger. We have to be okay with the fact that there's going to be hard times and we're going to come into situations that make us feel weak. Um, So I'm grateful already that I feel like I have you in that army. I like that nurturing of like, it's not going out, sister.
1: Ever. And I'll be that for you, your husband, your kids. everything. And I know you'll be that for for myself and my wife also. So thank
0: you. Absolutely. So talk to us. Do you want to share about um, True 7 in the CBD realm? Because I think that it's important for people and I want to break the mindset because I can only tell the religious that are now like, what? What? she just went way right. Let's go. I love that. This is important for me and for you who are listening to know that just like I was ostracized when I was hosting my first women's retreat because I was having yoga there. And they're like, yoga is of the devil. This is not a conversation of the devil, okay? First off, let's for for formattedly put that here. We've already just talked about being the light and being connected to truth and wholeness. I wanna talk about how CBD is an asset and a resource and God-made, not man-made.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I don't get into the... You know, some people try to justify it by saying it's natural and from the earth and all that. And, oh, yeah. and, and and that's cool. I've been what I would. So CBD is literally a restricted industry. It's not federally legalized yet, but I've been in two fringe type industries. And so I was in the wine and spirits industry for 17 years. I still do consulting in that space. And for some of that time, I actually struggled with being in that industry understanding the impact that it that it has on people and the negative impact that it could have but once i accepted my right role in in that industry which was to bring light to that industry i was able to flourish and i made sure that i brought that light wherever i went so i was comfortable with doing that it was it was a legal honest living and i was good with it so when i transitioned my parent my mom was happy, you know. My pops, he that he doesn't really care. <laughs> yeah. But but you know, we we want what sounds good and what's comfortable, right? We don't always want the truth, you know. We, we we want a happy ending. We don't want to go through what it takes. We don't we don't want to go to and and everybody has the north side. We want to, we don't want to go to the north side and pull those people out. We want to go to the good part of the city right. where where it doesn't take a whole lot, and, and oh. we want to save people at church, you know. Oh, <laughs> So, true. <clears throat> so I knew when I was brought CBD, I knew what part of it was. it was. It was part of it was to be a light in this industry because I had experienced it in another industry, but there had to be some knowledge behind it. I couldn't just be, you know, a, a flag toter. So there were truly two stories that I heard when I went to a conference that impacted me. And I knew this was the type of industry I was going to be a part of because of the impact that it had on people. I heard a story about a lady whose uh, her daughter was having over a hundred seizures a day. CBD was legal in Canada. She was risking her freedom to go across country borders to get CBD for her daughter, bring it across state lines, give it to her daughter. Her seizures were, her seizures were reduced from like a hundred a day to one a day. Wow. <clears throat> that story impacted me. There was another guy, a military veteran. He was over fighting some war. And um, it was himself and a friend of his, a little girl, like a little eight or nine year old girl got hit by some friendly fire. And so he had to go over, close the girl's eyes and pull her out of the way. And his partner was just torn to pieces. And he had to shake him and say, hey, man, you, you got to get it together. We are literally in a war zone and I, I can't lose you out here. Fast forward seven to eight years. And the, the story is crazy. But fast forward seven to eight years, he's at the dentist's office with his daughter. And um, you know, he had been suffering from a little PTSD and all of that. The dentist laid his daughter on the table in the same manner that girl was there, mm. and it 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 just tore him to pieces. Mm. And and CBD was the only thing that could calm his brain because he started having nightmares mm. and all kinds of stuff. And after I heard that story, I was like, I have to be in this industry to help change and impact people's lives for the better. And so in addition to that, you know, age in recovery, it, it helps with sleep. It, it helps with other things. But listen, I will leave the ninety nine to find one. If I only help one person, it's, it's worth it to me. But after hearing those stories about how it's impacted people, listen, one thing I don't do is serve people. Mm-hmm. And if God wants me somewhere else, I'm gone. Yeah. When he wanted when he wanted me to leave that job i I was gone i don't I don't want to be anywhere one day more than he wants me to be there, so I know I'm here to serve him and do his will so
0: good, and this is like the thing that I hear so often in no matter what position you're in, no matter what way, when you're stepping on purpose, you might step on purpose into a space or a room or a relationship that you are so confused by (laughs) that you're like, why here? Why now? Why do I have to be this person's light? Right? Like I want to be that person's light. I want to get closer to that flame that's already burning so bright. And it's causes you to be uncomfortable. It causes you to question your faith. It causes you to get closer to God, which is ultimately what he's looking for anyway, is that relationship that he's speaking about at the beginning. And so I just want people to know that there are so many levels to CBD. I only know a little bit about it, um, but I know that they make stuff for pets. I know that they make stuff that children can have. I know that the sleep element is huge. I know that it can help your joints. Like, There's just so much about it Um, that is still such a new industry, especially here in Virginia, that people are just now getting exposed to, and the industry is just going to continue to expand. And so you're literally on the forefront, like in the first territory lines of, of getting into that industry and finding out how it can be of service to people with PTSD, traumas, sexual traumas. I mean, I could think of so many that it would help in the church. And so there's... And outside, obviously, but this there's this knowing that if the church could open their eyes and the scales could truly be removed, that there is access that God is literally giving us. And sometimes out of a place that looks really dirty and grimy, because we know that there's the essence of marijuana that everybody says is a gateway drug and all that. I mean, I've got tons of friends who I've literally lost because of overdose. And so I've never even smoked a cigarette, but that doesn't mean I've tried CBD And I don't even put them in the same category because I see the health benefits, right? And so I just encourage people if they're listening and they're curious and they're in need of something um, that helps them in any of these things that we've spoken to. And there's obviously a bajillion more I don't know about, like seizures and cancers I know people have used it for. um, And so I just encourage you to... Stop rejecting and start getting curious because that's the same reason why there are so many atheists and people who have not chosen to be with the Lord. And it's just because they've rejected and they've never been curious. And a learner is the one who is growing, not those who are stagnant.
1: Yeah. And and two things. Anybody that has any questions, I'll have as long of a conversation as I need. I've got a contact form on www.True7CBD.com. I'm sure my contact information will be somewhere after this, this podcast. So feel free to reach out. I'm all about CBD education. When I was in uh, the corporate space, I ended my career in learning and development. And that's the space that I'll be in for the rest of my life. So it's all about education for me. And I want to add another point because Please. there's so much going on today where we feel like we're forced to make a decision one way or another. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not a yes or no. It's not... It's not about picking sides. It's not about red or blue. It's not about an elephant or a donkey. Come on. Educate yourself and get the information for you and you make the best decision for you. Not, not because somebody you know is on one side or, or on another side. And don't feel like you have to justify your decision to anybody. Do your research. Stand behind your research and, 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 and be strong in who you are.
0: So good. And it literally goes back to the concept of truth, right? True to yourself because you are connected to God and that seven, that completion, that you can only find that completion in the knowing and the being of who he's created you to be. And in that right relationship with the Lord, all things are possible and you're going to have an opportunity to step into freedom that you might otherwise not have. And I believe that's a part of entrepreneurship too, is that you get to be free in a way that you don't have the opportunity to be free in a lot of other systemized experiences. Now I am a full advocate of people in the corporate setting and the education system, all of those places. If that's where you feel on purpose and that's where you feel and find that passion um, and it's enough for you, it's fulfillment. But if it's not, that's the curiosity. That's the conversation that I love to have with people. It's like, what are you missing? And why are you not going after it? Because generally it's being boxed and limited by something that's not what God would want from you and for you. Um, so I would love for you to just any last minute, you know, thoughts as we we pop off here. But you guys, all of his information is in the show links. You know where to find it and you know where to find him. Um, but if you have any further questions, you can get in touch with me and I'll put you in direct contact.
1: Yeah, a couple of big events I want to plug briefly. I do a vision casting retreat at the end of every year. It's always the second weekend in December. It's gonna be in Jacksonville. You talked about some of the entities up under True Seven. I do confirmation and accountability coaching because as entrepreneurs, a lot of times we're missing that accountability piece. And with new entrepreneurs, we're not quite comfortable and confident in who we are. are. So I like to confirm some of those beliefs that we always that, that that we have and just pull those out from the retreat. I do a, a 12-month mastermind that that we can talk about later. And I am making my bid for one of your stages. I saw you have this big event coming up. So next time I need need the the application. I need to be vetted. We need to figure this thing out.
0: Yes, sir. No doubt. I would love to have you on one. It'd be amazing. I'm super pumped. That He's speaking to grow for God and the business scaling experience, and there's lots going on in our neck of the woods when it comes to conferences. But I can tell you of the two things that you just mentioned, I was literally on the phone with a friend who um, is a, a coach himself, and we were talking about the power of accountability and that sometimes as coaches, especially in the industry that we're in, most coaches are offering a new blueprint, a new thing that you need to apply to your business, like a concept or um, they're training you up in some methodology that they might use or they might have constructed. But confirmation and accountability are very few and far between. And so I want people who might have a coach, maybe they already have a coach who's teaching them something else, but they don't feel like there's that direct confirmation or accountability element You want someone who's connected to the same God you believe in to be there to help confirm those things that you're questioning, to help pray alongside you, help keep you accountable. Because I know there are definitely days where like, I need the wind at my back, even though I am running fast often. There are definitely the moments where I'm like, whew, I could use some confirmation on this one. Because when you're a leader, as I know so many of you guys are, as FIT stands for founders, innovators, and trailblazers, as a leader... You often don't have those people that are fast enough to keep you accountable, and you don't have someone ahead of you to confirm you. And so I highly encourage you to get involved in his coaching experiences, his mastermind, follow his podcast, get your hands on his book for podcasting, and know that he is a resource because we need more than one. True. I love you. Thank you, brother, for your time.
1: Hey, I love you too, your family, Gary, the kids, everybody. This has been a pleasure.
0: So good. All right, y'all. See you later. Talk to you soon. Hey, y'all. It's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts. And you can tag me and the guests and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting, and I say we because the Fit and Faith team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith way. Have you ever felt conflict between your faith and feelings? If so, you're not alone.